Welcome to the Auto Action Rev Limiter. Your host, Andrew Clark, is joined by heavy hitters Paul Gover and Bruce Williams. Time to get down and dirty. It comes down to whether or not they're prepared to play the same game as him. You jump in the pool with the shark. Oh, I didn't know he was going to bite my foot off. Welcome back to the Auto Action Rev Limiter, last weekend's number one sporting news podcast in Australia on Apple. We made it through the Miami Grand Prix, and we saw a brilliant last lap in the NASCAR at Kansas, and then watched Noah Gregson and Ross Chastain shape up to each other in pit lane. But more of that later. First, let me introduce the expanded panel for today, because as always, we've got Paul Gover and Bruce Williams from Auto Action, and then a little later, we've got Barry Ryan from Coca-Cola Racing by Erebus coming in. So anyway, welcome, PG. Good to have you on board again. Great to be here. And Bruce? Thank you, uh, Andrew, and thanks for having me back. It's nice to be invited back to the Auto Action Podcast. We only get you coming back because you're the one who gives the best wax. Right, well... <clears throat> we didn't, you're not going to have a whack today because we... We're um, not going to have a whack today. I, I was a little bit hyped up on caffeine and Coca-Cola last, prior to last episode, but um, it'll be an entertaining one. Make sure you get him up, fired up with that Coca-Cola and caffeine next time because we need a whack. Yes. Anyway, we'll take a break now and we'll be back with Barry Ryan. Each week, find out what the men behind the V8 news know and what the drivers and teams are going to do next. It's interviews and opinions on Inside Supercars. My predecessor, Roland Dane, did a very, very good job. We're no longer shareholders of the build business. Personally, I think a 500 in the build up to the 1000 is, is a good thing. Tune in for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. Alrighty, welcome back to the Rev Limiter. We've got Barry Ryan from Coca-Cola Racing by Erebus, and uh, he's been listening to us for the last few weeks, and he wanted to come in for a chat. So, Barry, welcome. It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, boys. It's good to be here. Uh, firstly, congratulations on the season so far. It's, uh, I mean, you've blown us away. It must be um, pretty pleasing back in the workshop. Yeah, it's good, yeah. Um, that's probably the biggest thing, that we don't want people to be blown away. We want it to be expected. So, yeah, that's, that's a good thing for us, and good to do three rounds in a row, and go to five different tracks and be uh, there with a fast car. So expectations are pretty high now. Great, the pressure's on. Yeah, there's no pressure. No. <laughs> Did you say five different tracks? Include the two test tracks, Winton and oh, yeah, City yeah. Motorsport Park. I'm just here listening to Barry's words of wisdom because I think actually everybody should be listening to Barry's words of wisdom because there's a lot of people who've got this wrong, Baz, and you seem to have got it more right than anybody. Yeah, most of them still think I'm a dickhead, so it doesn't matter. Well, it's always good to I'll fly just under the that. radar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we spoke about it in the pages of the magazine. Like, you guys took a very different approach to this season to the other teams in terms of how much engineering you decided to do, how much building and so forth. I mean, how long ago did you plan that and how much time before that did you have to put stuff into place to start doing it? Yeah, it seemed like a long time ago now. I think it was end of 2020 we had the plan to do it ourselves and upgrade our jig. And so we've now got a Car of the Future jig, plus a Gen 3 jig that's specific for it. And then we bought another jig, a smaller table that you can build clips on. And if you build a chassis, you can still build build and repair clips. So, yeah, we invested pretty heavy in that. But it was for the right reasons, was to make sure that we had, if there was some way to have something better with Gen 3, we, we, we wanted to have it. 
well, you haven't had to test the crash part of your car yet, have you? Really? But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I think uh, the way the way I hear it, you you guys think you you should be pretty good if you actually do bend it, that everything because yeah. you build it all, you know, it's all gonna, gonna yeah, plug well, in properly. Our clips just fit on either car, and just um, yeah, it's just really consistent the way it's been built, and we haven't got weird spaces to try and make it all um, align properly at all. Cool. We'll bring the other guys in a minute, but um, virtually uh, January and so forth. Like you guys didn't seem to get caught up in the woe is me hype and how tough is our life, etc. I mean, you have <laughs> a few good clips. I thought a couple of times about cars that uh, looked complete but weren't complete and things. Yeah, but, uh, it was a very positive attitude. I think you guys took to it all, and uh, and that's reflective of what we're seeing. I think. Yeah, we tried to, and we um, we just knew where it was at, where the build was at, and we sort of had a pretty good strict timeline of when we needed things done and when we needed designs from the homologation teams and we just didn't beat around the bush. We knew what we had to do and we weren't going to put a car together just to get a photo when we were just going to waste everybody's time. So, See, that's the clip again. I just want to ask a simple question. You've gone to all this trouble, Barry, and I've known you a long time and, you know, I refer to you blokes as the meat and potatoes, the real races, not the fairy floss people. (laughs) There's a bit of a difference. I'd like to know. If you were running a Ford Mustang instead of a Camaro, would you still be winning? I think so, yeah. Yeah, from I reckon what I see this, From what I see, the, um, out of uh, the three qualifying sessions and three races at Perth, the Ford was the car to have if you average it over all the, all the Fords versus all the Jams. So what are they doing wrong then, Baz, or you're not going to tell us because that's that's weapons for the other blokes? But it, it, as you stand down in the pit lane, you just look at it occasionally and go, why did you do that? How did you do that? You mean us? No, no, we're looking at the other guys. You're saying if you had a Mustang, you'd still be winning. So do you look at them sometimes and go, that's an obvious mistake? I know you keep a lot of stuff under your hat, but do you sometimes look at it and wonder how they can make those sort of mistakes? No, not really. No, I'd try to ignore all the other teams and just do what we do. Um, yeah, well, All I'm getting at is this. If you look at Natsoft, which anybody can look at Natsoft, and if you put it into Excel and do a bit of mass, you'll quickly see that the lap times aren't lying. So... Um, yeah, the, the parody is actually really, really good when you just purely look at lap times. But that is the sporting parody, isn't it? Not necessarily yeah. the technical parody. Yeah. I mean, they could be different, couldn't they? Um, yeah, they could be. But luckily, we're built on um, technical parody, not sporting. So you know, we can't get a clip for doing a good job, um, which is a good thing. And I think we are doing a good job overall as a team. You know, it's a, it's a team we've had together for a few years now. So we haven't had the, the big exodus like all the media put at the end of 2000. 20, I can't remember. I don't really care. Was, like, oh, did, was, that, was <laughs> no. that on the back of your shocking behaviour during the filming of that? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Bruce. You, you lead in first and I'll come right behind you. I did say a few weeks ago that I thought it was a disgraceful way. They had, they must have spent weeks trying to find all those bad bits of footage no, of you misbehaving. <laughs> I reckon it was a shocking piece of editing. But anyway. it's. Well, um, I, I think it's funny how good to Steiner's so, uh, so popular with his behaviour, yet Barry got uh, castigated for <laughs> yours. I mean, you you were in Formula One, you'd be a hero. Well, funny thing, we were supposed to actually meet the, that day that it got shut down in Formula One. Oh. We were supposed to meet and do an interview together based on our attitudes, and yeah, it never happened, which I'm feeling about. I reckon he's a bit of a legend. So. He's a bit more sweary than you, isn't he, though, Barry? I, you don't swear that much except on the radio. Nah, yeah, I don't anymore. I calm down. If you look at the two teams that are winning at the moment, I mean, Triple Eight have been the team to beat for a long time. And everybody says that it's the, the evil empire uh, against the rest of them. And the fact that you guys have come out swinging at the start of a, a new era with a new car and you're taking it up to them. I mean, it's refreshing for the sport, but it must mm. be satisfying for you guys as well, knowing that you've got a clean sheet of paper and you've been able to step up and, and deliver what you've been delivering. And it's 
it's not like it's a fluke because if you look at Will and Brody, they've been there or thereabouts every race with Triple Eight. You know, there's been races where Shane sort of disappeared and Brody hasn't had a great run, but you blokes are, you know, consistently doing what what do you put it down to? Is it these two guys love driving these cars or is it just that everybody's happy and they're in a good place and the cars are working? What what do you put it down to? Yeah, it's a bit of all of that. Yeah. We um we're just really looking forward to Gen three and the drivers have really embraced it. They don't care that the other car used to handle a bit better in some spots. They're just it doesn't matter. This is with the dick you got, I guess. So Whatever car you got, you just got to make work, and the engineers are the same, and they put a lot of effort on to making sure they understand the car before it even turned a wheel on track, and which every team does. But yeah, I think it's just a line, like you know, you think the last since two thousand sixteen we've been, had customer engines, and no, that's nothing against Walkinshaw, but you're never going to get the best engine. So you know, all these things now, there's no excuses for us. We know we've got the same uprights, we've got the same roll bars, we've got the same geometry, potential geometry same engine, same trans. There's no there's no excuses now. And there might have been some excuses because we were such an independent team. We, we did our own suspension. We sort of went our own way. And you know, we probably why we got it wrong sometimes because we didn't have that um, playbook, the Triple Eight playbook. Or but it, shouldn't, it really shouldn't come as a shock because you guys have been on the verge for a long time. If I look at yeah. those first laps in, in qualifying a couple of years ago at Bathurst and Will was like yeah. fastest out of the box until he had yeah. a little bit of a blue. <laughs> yeah. And you look at Will's performance against the two triple eight cars at Eastern Creek yeah. at the end of 2021 yeah. and Brody racing Jamie at Bathurst again. I mean, well, you I guys... I the wall. In 20, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you guys have been there or thereabouts. So this, you think this line in the sand and the refresh and now starting with something that everybody yeah. else has got has really given you the guys the opportunity to show yeah. it and show what you got now. Yeah, hundred percent. I think to give Grove some credit, they're probably on the Ford side. They they've yeah. probably stepped up in the same sort of way that they've got a refresh. They're not. They've got no history of the Kelly Racing team, and they're just. I mean, Matt Payne's doing an awesome job for a rookie, un- unbelievable. And yeah, I think definitely it's a refresh that's helped us and helped us more mentally than any. Just to know that there's no questions. Like if we do a shit job, it's our fault. <laughs> Do you also think you've now got the respect in the pit lane? You're not considered just those blokes who occasionally pop up? Because when you were talking a minute ago, we talked about, you know, you were leading here and then you said, oh, and then we crashed, oh, this or whatever. Are you seeing a different level of respect up and down the pit lane now? I don't know. I don't, don't really care, actually. Like, respect's earned and I guess, you know, we're, we're starting to earn it. So if they respect us more now, great. If they don't, I don't give a, give a shit, really. So two years with the rookies. I mean, you brought them off off the you know, into, into the game. How important was it to get those two years in before you jumped into the Gen Three? Yeah, it was it was a big part of it. Um, we knew those two guys were the best two guys, particularly Will. We we picked him from a sixteen, seventeen year old, and basically confirmed he was going to have a seat and put our balls on the line with him. <laughs> and he's he's rewarded us from like you said the, the first time he turned a lap at Bathurst as a main game driver. He was fast, so. You know, he's had his downs, but, um, you know, some of his downs have been t- to make sure he gets better, self-inflicted by himself a little bit. Brody's just been fairly constant. But, yeah, I think, you know, the two rookie thing was really good for us as a refresh because, you know, there was no – it's no use getting a driver that you know can't do it. That's that's my mentality. So you may as well get a fresh guy. And, like, um, again, Matt Payne, he's – first time he got in a Porsche at Tail and Bed, I remember I sent him a message and said, man, you're going good. You need to, you know, keep your head in the game and make sure you make it to the top. And he's a great young kid to have. And they're obviously happy and lucky to have him. And I just hope more teams, more teams do it. 
you know, push some of these old blokes aside and just get some young blokes in here. Well, Brady's been a breath of fresh air, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. um, he's a very different approach to it all, and yeah. he really doesn't care about Van Gisberg, and he's not intimidated by him at all. It's he doesn't like, care about anyone. Just, yeah, it's he, like he just thinks he's the best, and that's how he drives. And well, he's showing it now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Talking about Brody, do you think his experience with cars that maybe aren't perfect race cars over a long period of his racing career, stuff that you you mm. got to grab it by the throat and drive it, and you know with his sprint cars he's doing a bit of dirt yeah. track racing and the stuff that he did in America, do you think that helps him now get into a car that's not perfect, whereas these yeah. other guys are Definitely. searching for that perfect turn in and that perfect yeah. mid-corner grip and the drive off the corner whereas Brody yeah. and Will are just getting in and driving him. Do you think that makes a big difference? Yeah, definitely with Brody. And he's very technical and he knows what he wants and he's got a great engineer in George. And the biggest thing with Brody too, he's actually he wants Will to go good because it helps him. So yeah, there's no it's 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 that's the amazing thing to see about it. It's like you're never going to have too much infighting because these guys, <laughs> like it got to the point where one of the other guys was starting to get close to you blokes. So I can imagine that Brody's going to sit there and stuff you you're not getting it, Will. I'm going to do everything I can yeah, to stop it. Yeah. And, and it seems like Will would do the same. And that's something yeah. that you don't see in, in a lot of teams. So there's this real family, this real brothers yeah. in arms sort of yeah. feel about it, which is the culture that Erebus have been developing. I mean, yeah. you know, your attitude is that brothers in arms, like we're here, in, we're in the fight yeah. and, yeah. you know, it's us against them. And, you know, it's really seems yeah. to be working. Yeah, well, Will, when he didn't have the best day on Saturday at Perth, it was like all that night was like, Where's my wingman? Brody needed his wingman back because, you know, <laughs> that sort of racing they did at the Grand Prix when Brock wasn't up there and Shane was and Will and Brody were fighting. Shane, that's what you need as a teammate. And, and um, then Will comes out and smashes Brody on Sunday and Brody was a bit upset at the end of the day. He's like, <laughs> couldn't catch the little shit. So, <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was rap for Will to get his first win. And sometimes it's hard to get two drivers that are actually happy for each other, genuinely happy for each other. And they want to get the team points. They want to win the team's championship. They don't care how they do it. Was there any chance you were going to lose Will last year when everybody was speculating on DJR? Nah, no chance at all. Another media beater. By the bloody media, they're awful. No, they, they? They, they probably tried to get him, but I didn't care. We just we just backed ourselves. We're going to keep him, and yeah, we did. So maybe it was the yeah. maybe they were talking about the wrong will. Could have been. They no, did well, get their will. They had the will. Yes, they had their will. Yeah, if it was <laughs> back when Scott left, you know, and they were trying to get him, they probably would have got him. Like yeah. Anton, and yeah. no one could blame Anton for leaving because he was going to the best seat in the category. So where it was a bit different last year, where it was a whole new. Gen 3 program, you sort of didn't know where it was going to head. Yeah. And now you probably DJ, got the best. ownership was under a bit of question. You so. got the best seat now? Yeah. 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 No, Funny no, you'd hang around, eh? When, when Will made the mistake at the Grand Prix, old Baz would have been on the highlights reel the next day and his teammate would have gone, you know, and I'm not talking about them, those two drivers now, but in the past, it would have been a very different reaction in Erebus. This time it looks like everybody just went, yeah, whatever, we're up the front, things happen. How, how did your guys react? To what happened at the Grand Prix with Will? No, it was it was all pretty positive. He was he was trying to go for the lead, and he'd already scripted that race out. He said that he had to pass Chaz early in the race to try and make sure that Brody and Shane didn't come through and undercut him. He already had it planned out Saturday night of what he had to do, and he saw the opportunity and and took it. And you can't ever have a go at a driver for doing that. And I, I've never have. I've only ever had a crack at him when they do something stupid. That actually wasn't stupid. That was a good try. It just failed. But you look at where we are in position in the championship now, and if he would have got those points back, we'd be even further ahead. And that was a race that he knows he could have won if he just pulled off that move. Now, talking about the elephant in the room, how's Betty been with you? Because I've seen her a couple of times this year, you know, and she's quiet and calm and welcoming. Is is there a new Betty as well now that she's moved out to the farm outside Sydney? 
Yeah, she's great. She's really relaxed and um, hopefully she's coming to Tassie. She's got a fair bit going on in her life. With the, she's built a new, another house out there and she's got donkeys and bloody more dogs. She's got four dogs now, all um, English bulldogs. So I don't <laughs> actually Frenchies and bulldogs and whatever. Something's. She's got alpacas. She's got a horse. She's Yeah, she's got a little farm going out there and she's loving it. So, um, yeah, she actually enjoys sitting home and watching the racing. But, yeah, we want to get her at the track because she always has a ball at the track. So does Daniel. So hopefully we'll get her to Tassie. And then she'll do the bigger races like she loves her Sandowns and Bathurst. So let's go back through some of the issues. Like um, we do need to, to finalise parity before we move off. I mean, how confident are you that the parity is actually there and that there isn't a slight issue with the, the Mustangs and its power delivery? Like I said, based on lap times, the parity's there. But there does seem to be a small issue with their engine. And I, I've been explained to it by <clears> Tim <throat> Edwards and a couple of other guys what they think it is, and it makes sense. So um, I don't think it's going to get them a heap of lap time. and It won't make the engine more powerful. It just might make it a little bit nicer, which might look after their tyres a little bit, but that's only me surmising. But we, we want it right. I don't want to be seen as having an advantage. I want us to get the credit for doing a good job, not because people think Ford need help. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they've think, had their chances to win this year. So, yeah. So um, I come at it from the point where I think there is an issue, but I also acknowledge that you and Triple Eight, or you in particular, are doing a really good job. Mm. But no Ford team seems to have done it for each of the nine races so far. Like, they've been, some of them have been there for one yeah. race and then they drop out and another one. Apart comes from probably Reynolds, he's been. Top five nearly every race. So, yeah, yeah, those boys are doing a good job. There's probably the ones that are keeping it a little bit, you know, if crows are up there consistently, why are you guys down here? So, um, yeah, the big disappointment from the Mustang point of view is obviously Tickford and and DJR. I mean, they just don't seem to be. I mean, Cam was a threat, you know, for the last couple of years. Cam was the man that stepped up (coughs) and and really put it to, to Shane. And, you know, he was the guy that most people thought would step into one of these things, given that it's a clean sheet of paper and he loves driving things pretty hard, but he's sort of nowhere. It's, you know, when you see him yeah. getting beaten by Courtney on a regular basis, it tells you there's something not right. Yeah, it's surprising. I, yeah, I don't, I know Cam pretty well, but I don't <coughs> know him to work with him. I know him as a, as a person, but yeah, I, I don't know if he doesn't like the cars or what. But the attitude's a big part of it. So if he, if he doesn't quite like the cars, well, we've got two drivers that actually love driving them and don't care. They just want to go fast. So driver attitude does make a massive difference. It's the last little bit you need to find. If you can have a fast car but the driver's not happy or in a bad headspace, he's not going to tick all the boxes. Talking to a couple of drivers about it, one of the issues seems to be, and it's one of the things apparently that Shane doesn't like and maybe it's the same that Cam doesn't like it, with these new cars, the front steering geometry, they've taken a lot of caster out of it. And I'm told that by the guys that drive them that they, they don't have that front-end feel that they used to have with the, with the old cars. And yeah. particularly with the old tyre on a cold track, they just it basically they can't feel the front of the car. Is that is that a legitimate thing to talk about? Have they ta- How much cast has come out of the front of the cars and what's the geometry change done to the way, me, the, way the cars are driven? Because yeah, maybe if Ken used to drive the car on the front and yeah. a pointy car, could that be something that that is yeah taken maybe they'd probably taken between twenty thirty percent out. Depends how much you would have run because it was free in the old cars, so now it's sort of set. But there's still there's still enough there, and it's something the driver should drive around within three laps. Which I think Brody and Will said, "Hey, it feels a bit different." Three laps later, they're like, "Oh, that's just what it is." So let's just get on with it. So again, it's just their attitude if they. They want to piss and moan about it constantly. They're not going to get any better. So, 
Yeah, very different feel in the front of the car from the driver's point of view. Are these blokes then prima donnas, Barry, or have they just been spoiled by engineering in the past? Don't suck me into saying this shit. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, not sucking you. I don't He's asking so. you a direct question. <laughs> I don't think, uh, Cam's definitely not. Cam's a uh, hard ass. No, I know he's not, but yeah. are there too many up and down the pit lane who are? And is that part of the, the problem? We've got too many blokes in the category who've been there for a long time and the sponsors like, but they very rarely pop up on a podium anywhere. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they probably are. But, <laughs> um, like I said before, I'd, I'd love to see a, a big refresh and get some of these older blokes out and get a heap of young drivers in there, but that's just reality. The young guys are more exciting and... Yeah, um, don't piss and moan. They just get on with it. That, that could be a good thing for a few teams if they if they can do it. But it's still a commercial sport, so some of the teams just can't do it. They commercially need to um to keep some of the drivers they got. So back to the Ford. I mean, there, there's talk that there's another engine map ready to go. Would you be in favour of them throwing that in for Simmons planes? Yeah, I think Supercar Technical are really um, careful about what they're doing. So yeah, and that Craig Hayes the, the main engine guy and. He does a really, really good job. So he won't be putting anything in the car that's going to be um, a bigger advantage. But, you know, if it's a mapping thing and it makes it nice, and well, yeah, I'm sure he'll tick it off and do it. Just, as long as the AEP, the um, uh, horsepower number, doesn't go up, I'm sure he'll, he'll tick it off. Yep. Now, we've had three quite different tracks so far. We've got another new track coming. Yep. What What is it we can learn at Simmons Plains about these cars that we didn't get at the other two, other three? Yes, quickly on the engine thing too. This stuff with the GM engine, we're trying to get fixed too. So we might get a little fix too in, in a bit, There's, and it won't show. What's wrong, Barry? Can you can you tell us what specifically? Oh, just a little bit of mapping, just to make it a bit nicer. And you really can't change anything. We haven't had the opportunity to change anything. So um, yeah, there's um, some things the mitigation team and KRE are working on to make it a bit nicer, and we, we don't really notice it like some others seem to. But if it makes it a bit nicer, we'll take it. Is that sort of like part throttle stuff and yeah, off just off yeah, and things? Um, take it off out of pit lane and little bits and pieces like that. You can just um, make a bit nicer. So. Just trim them up. Yeah. So, Sorry, Simmons Plains. Simmons Plains. Yep. What are we going to learn about the cars from, from Simmons Plains that we didn't see from the others? Is it just about the um, braking and the traction out of that hairpin? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it should be good racing because you can get close to people now and you can tow, uh, you get a slipstream a bit better and they still get affected a little bit with um with being with following as you saw with um will didn't think there was such a drama but after he got behind brock in that last race he didn't have the pace he had in the second race with a very similar car so you can get closer but it still does affect you a little bit i think in a train it's all right um but when you're one car behind one car Get yeah. affected a bit but you more. still wouldn't want to stay too long behind somebody, would you? Because you are going to get that tire slip. And, yeah, and the tire temps go up. That's yeah, so you just want to get in there and get it done. Yeah, we're still a long way down in tire temp in the front when you're following than we were with the old car, which is why it's so positive to still be able to um, have a race and you know try and outbreak the guy. And yeah, I think Simmons is going to be awesome racing. So, yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be close. Yeah. And while we're talking about Simmons Plains <clears throat> and the hair bin, whatever, it, it have, we have seen a little bit of what we've uh, learned to um, know as bump and run of uh, Simmons Plains uh-huh. over the years. And it takes me back a couple of weeks to um, <laughs> Rules Warner of Engagement. Yeah. Rules of Engagement. Now, your bloke Brody is obviously misselecting gears and causing him to reverse, <laughs> reverse into the front of that other vehicle that was following him closely. Can you, can you, and you, you took that to the stewards, and I'm just wondering how that went for you, mate. <laughs> 
yeah, the, the shows that the history shows it didn't go that well, but um, <laughs> it was worth it. I'd, Did you get I'd, what you wanted out of it? That's I'd, the question. I'd still do it again because it. I just wanted answers on why, um, and that, as I said to Bruce before, the stewards actually said that um, car 97 didn't hit the right rear wheel of car 99. That's actually in their stewards report, which everybody saw that. Did you, did you send them down to Specsavers, Baz? I think, that, I think that's a job for Specsavers. Yeah, I, I let them know in the protest how I felt about that comment, but um, yeah, they didn't like that. But anyway, I, I just wanted to explain properly and I wanted to actually have Shane in there and make him actually have to say what he did and... But he didn't have to explain himself. They they were all convinced he did nothing wrong for the moment I walked in there. So um, it was a bit of a waste of time and a bit of a waste of money. But now you got plenty. Yeah. Now you got coke money. And it yeah. was. <laughs> you mentioned Baz that it was a three hour job to fix the rear bumper bar, even though it didn't get touched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, still a bit of work to do on the back of the cars to make them a bit nicer to fix. But yeah, so um, Brody on Sunday morning said um, it's okay now. He knows what the rules of engagement are. Yeah. I mean, um, are we going to see even more aggressive Brody this time around? Yeah, well, um, yeah, that's similar style of move. If the doors open, more people are going to shove their nose in there. It's not going to be just Brody. So, uh, yeah, the driving standards observer says it's uh, nothing's changed, but uh, clearly has when you see you're allowed to do something like that. Oh, let's go yeah. for it, I say. Well, yeah, I, I love the racing, but it was really yeah. good. But when you're on the other side of it and, you know, another another rule is you can't make contact with another car and gain an advantage. And that's, that's the rule I went in there with to say that that's the one that he yeah. broke. Yeah. And... Apparently didn't. So, what about the blocking call? I mean, have you got clarity around that at the moment? No, the clarity's not really there because um, the biggest problem is that it seems to have drifted a bit from you used to not you used to have to leave a gap on the inside under brakes a car width, but once you start turning in, you don't have to leave a car width. So somehow it's got in there that they you need to leave a car width. Everywhere? Everywhere, yeah. Just drive around the middle of the track from there, basically. So Brody broke. It was definitely a car width. He was already turning in, and Shane went from the left-hand side of the car to the right-hand side, stuck his nose in there, hit the right rear wheel, and upset Brody. So to me, I still don't accept it, and I told the stewards when they sent the report to me that I just replied and said I don't accept it, but I've got no choice. So, Is it a conversation you need to have with someone like Craig Baird to work out exactly what they're on about? Or yeah, is it, I'll is get this on your really driver's well briefing it. next yeah. week? Yeah, driver's briefing at Simmons Plains, <laughs> I think it'd be interesting but because there'd be a lot of questions and I think they're going to they're gonna actually try and explain why Shane didn't get a penalty. So, Yeah, yeah I mean, outwardly it didn't look like Brody was doing anything wrong. No. Um, it looked it, like what, what it looked like was the first time for a long time that someone hasn't, put their hand out and the yeah. little white tissue shame. and said, yeah. come on through, SVG, mate, yeah. I'm moving over for you. The first time yeah. we've seen someone stand up to him and all of a sudden the, the official's going, hang on, you can't do that. I mean, we've seen people <laughs> yeah. put their indicators on when, when he's coming back. Yeah. I remember that. Racing. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and, yeah. and your bloke's going, excuse my French, pardon me, but you can get stuff. I'm not going to move over. Yeah. And like the, the amount of rubbing Shane did for those laps before mm-hmm. that, that burns your rear tyres. Okay. So you, you can't forget that either. That Luckily, he didn't do it for him. If, if he would have done it to Brody on the run-up to that corner when he passed him, he would have got done. So essentially, you could say you tried to get clarity, but we don't have clarity, but you've got a yeah. driver's briefing that might give you some more clarity, but it probably won't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but that, that style of pass, if you get in there now, you're under control. And that guy somehow turns into you. Well, you're right. You've got Baz, to put on I've, your phone to take the stewards. Yeah, Baz, I've just got a, a little device. I'll just give you that 
<laughs> Mate, if you can put that in your top pocket and turn the button on at the top at the start of the driver's briefing, <laughs> All right, let's go on to a couple of other things. Um, the Australian Grand Prix, it's still a pretty hot topic about going there. What's your views on running at the Grand Prix next year or, or next year there, but what about renewing the contract? No, I think we should be there whenever we can, even if there's sprint races and no pit stops. So it's, it's the world championship, isn't it? So you, you need to be there for your sponsors and for the world to see our racing. So well, Coca-Cola would be pretty upset if you weren't there, wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I reckon, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> The on-track stuff doesn't seem to be the issue. It seems mm. to be the issue that the uh, lardy dars have to walk out through the tunnel and go and have a sit- when they want to have a sit down in the front of the transporter, they've got to go out through the hoi polloi. Lardy dars, you mean the drivers, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, I should have been more accurate with my description. Um, yeah, this seems that seems to have been upsetting a few of the drivers that had to go out that far. I mean, as is laughing yeah. at me. Were your drivers upset about having to walk a few extra yeah. meters? They didn't give a shit. They just hang around the garage most of the time with the boys and the engineers just stayed in the garage. They didn't need to be back with the truck, so, yeah, it was fine. It's a good event, though. You need to be there, don't yeah, you? Yeah, really? 100%. Yeah, you can't be in front of that bigger crowd anywhere, really, apart from Bathurst. So. Singapore, then. That's a Grand Prix. Do you like that idea or not? I, I really don't care. It's just, they're just races, so whatever racetrack it is, I don't care. But Singapore probably makes sense just because it's Perth sort of timeline, so the Australian audience still gets to see it. Um, yeah, it doesn't really worry me. But you've got an ownership stake in the team now, so does the, yep. the finance part of it worry you more than it used to? Like, do you worry about, like, if we go to Singapore, how much is it going to cost me or how much am I going to make? I mean, no, we're pretty protected. If we go overseas, we've got more income. It's probably yep. going to be cheaper for the teams to go to Singapore than it is to go to Winton. So thumbs so, up, you want to go. Yeah, oh, yeah, it doesn't Give me more yeah, money. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't subscribe to Roland's theory that everybody running supercars at the moment will and, and quotation marks, lunatics, with the idea to go overseas? <laughs> don't get me in a fight with Roland, but... <laughs> Roland's got his opinions, but yeah, you know, sometimes I read his columns and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get what he's saying. I might even ring him and give him a nudge in the ribs to say well done. But um, yeah, I get on with him pretty well. And I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. Not an issue, is nah, it? I mean, it's, you know. it's an, again, it's a world championship event. If we can get on that stage, and our sponsors are all good with it, like I get some of the teams saying they've got Australian sponsors that aren't going to relate. But I mean, if, you, you guys if you're on the guess- timeline, it's yeah. fine. You're not and watching you guys it to the morning. You to go over there, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. How can it be cheaper to go to Singapore than go to Winton? I'm sure a hotel room at the. Uh, pay for the hotel rooms, Paul. Yeah, we get a flight allocation and we get the transport paid for. Yeah. It's all well planned. They already know what's and, happening. And it's probably yeah. a thousand bucks <laughs> in diesel to drive to Winton these days and back. And they, show, and they show you a couple of business class seats too for each team. So, do the drivers get them, or do you have a lottery? I, I reckon you've been the potatoes team. You should have a lottery and see who gets those two business class seats back. Yeah, it probably would actually, because I don't really care. But, well, we'll yeah. say small. He wouldn't need them. Brody yeah. might need it. Oh. <laughs> I heard your last podcast say we wouldn't do steaks, but we do more than just sausages. We actually do steaks. No, yeah. I said meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Steaks. Yeah, steaks. Sausages. Yeah. <laughs> the other mob are more caviar and salmon and um, <laughs> snails, snails with a bit of garlic yeah, sauce. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 your style's probably a bit more Beer and hot dogs, yeah. Yeah. The calendar, 12 races at the moment. <laughs> That's not Andrew, enough, is it? this is sounding like a proper interview. It is, yeah. <laughs> that was not what we, we've we got Baz in to, to hang shit on people. Well, but he won't. We've tried. Uh, well, he'll yeah. hang shit on you if you're not careful. <laughs> now, Bruce, <laughs> 12 races, that's not enough, is it? Or 12 rounds? Uh, probably not. Uh, I think for the economy where we are and the sponsors we can get at the moment, it probably is. But it's, it's not easy to get the sponsorship you need these days. We need the teams to survive. So it probably is enough at the moment until the sport can 
grow a bit again with the new ownership and once they're established and we the teams are really set again, I think it's probably good enough. You know, it costs a lot for each extra round. So, um, yeah, I think 12's all right. But we'd love to do more racing. But, yeah, it's just justifying it. What about if I come up with the 13th round, you're going to give us back some money? Give, <laughs> sorry, give them back some money? Uh, depends on the circumstances. If we're going to make money out of it. But... <laughs> Yes. Um, what about the show at the moment? Do you think the, the spectacle of Cooper car racing is, is there? And, and what do you think we could do to make it a little bit better? Or are you quite comfortable? I think it's a lot better. It's definitely refreshed it. I've had a lot of people call me. You know, um, Will Brown's dad, Shane, for instance, rang me uh, Monday after Perth or Tuesday. And he was raving about how the racing is as a fan. He's not talking about his son. He was just like, oh, it's so good to watch supercars again. And the cars look good. The racing's good. And you know, it helps when Will's going good, but Shane's a pretty honest sort of country guy, and he, yeah, he was just raving about the racing and our sponsors are all loving it, and yeah, it's definitely refreshed. The fans look like they're loving it, so crowds are don't know yet whether the crowds are better, but yeah, it's probably hard to tell with the couple of years it yeah, with COVID, yeah. but yeah. But you be, I mean, you, you you get to feel it. All the drivers certainly were beginning to feel the. The interest coming back from the, yeah. uh, from the fans, yeah. wouldn't they? That um, they might not have had in the past. Yeah, the drivers definitely love racing them better than the old car. So the fan, the interaction with the fans is really good. And but it has changed for us. We've all, all of a sudden um, winning races and getting more results. So more people want to talk to you. So yeah. oh no, we mate, we've always wanted to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, Bruce <laughs> well, has always talked to you. We, we've always talked to you, even when you were useless. We still wanted to have a chat. <laughs> when you didn't want to talk to us, we talked to you. Yeah, yeah mate. that's right. Don't, don't, we're not we're not sudden fans, mate. We've been fans forever. <laughs> Let's say everybody at Bit Auto actually just been not right. want to talk to us. But... Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> no, the, you definitely see the difference, and I've noticed it, and drivers have noticed it, and but that's just that's just what winning brings, I guess. And Does it give you satisfaction? Do you feel satisfaction now? Like you've been working at this for a long time. I mm. remember when you started at Larry's and you were sweeping the floors or whatever mm. you were doing. And, yeah. And here you are now, you know, in running and effectively owning a team mm. that's at the top of the tree in motorsport in Australia winning races. It it must give you a sense of satisfaction because you're not – you're still a relatively young guy in the scheme of things. Yeah, I'm 36. If, yeah. You, can, <laughs> that's right, if you compare yourself to Roland, you're a long way ahead of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, it is satisfying. It's funny. It hasn't – it probably hasn't sunk in yet because I'm still um, – Busy. I'm still – yeah, we're busy, but I'm still – I haven't hit the targets we want to hit. So, you know, I thought it was going to be a relief once we started getting some consistent results and it's actually hasn't, I don't know. It's, does it drive you to want to keep that, that yeah, taste? It does, it's- but I've <laughs> almost got a bit low too that um, I'm just, it's like we're ticking the boxes too quick and I want to, I want to go yeah, hard. Well, I want to keep going hard. You'll have so. a shit weekend at some stage soon and that'll bring you back to <laughs> I don't know. I just don't feel like we're doing what we're doing. I just feel like we're still pushing hard. So That's yeah, good. we're, we're you definitely not got more left there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you going into the year, obviously, with, with a fair amount of equipment. The way it's rolled out, I mean, have you have you changed your expectations or were you always going in thinking we're going to be the team's champion and the driver's champion? I thought we'd done everything right with the way we built Gen 3. But I was still shitting myself the first test at Winton. I was probably shitting myself the most after the Grand Prix going to Perth because I didn't want to fail. Mm. And we just didn't want to go there and be 20th and go, oh, what have we done? But now the confidence grows when you've been to all these different tracks and you you know you can roll it out of the truck and be fast. So, um, 
yeah, it's it's yeah. I've probably got more nervous going into Perth than I've been at any race for a long time. Um, just didn't want to fail. It's just a fear of failure. When did the pressure come off, Baz? When you got to Perth, how long before you started to think that? And if you've if you're driven by the fear of failure, which is the small car mentality, how then do you convert yourself and your thinking to the we deserve to be here instead of being all the time worried about? up or ending up on the TV with the wrong quote or whatever. There's another beep. Yeah. It's probably after Perth that we realised that yeah we are we are the team that we we've always wanted to be and we're we deserve to be there and we're going to keep pushing to be there. So we know we're going to have a bad round here and there, or a bad race, or we hope we don't. But there's going to be little races, and we've already had a couple, luckily, and we've still kept the championship leads. You know, we'll have that DNF. Had a bad race Saturday at Perth, and they're the ones where you go, oh, "Shit, how are we going to recover from this?" Brody qualified fifteenth at that last race at the Grand Prix, but still got to the podium. And so we've had a couple of downs already, but we've actually recovered from them. So hopefully, Tassie could easily be qualifying twentieth because it's going to be so close, and you're just going to make one little mistake, and you're going to be out of the top ten or out of the top five, and getting those good points that you need. Do you feel? Um... Not just obviously yourself and the driver and Shannon and and Betty, but you feel that the the team, the personnel, you uh, have they stepped up as well? Have they got a pep in their step? And do they think now that you know Baz is a bit of a hard ass sometimes, but you know now we're starting to see it's worthwhile. You're probably not yeah. anymore. They're probably worried. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely mellowed out, but our crew chief Brad Tremaine, he's um, been with us since 2016. He's he's a pretty he's a hard ass too. He's a Kiwi and. Um, and hold that against him, but he's um he's he's a hard ass and he's driving the guys as hard as anyone and and he's got a lot of respect in there for a young guy. He's only twenty seven, but he's um he's get pit stop practice uh, every day, if not every second day. They um do a full training session together with weights and um, stuff twice a week. Do you um, do those too, Baz? You in there with the weights? Sometimes <laughs> we do we do running training with. <laughs> They're all training together and all the boys are – none of them are putting in any more harder work than they did in the last three years. They're just – the confidence level's up and they all believe in themselves. So, you know, that makes the biggest difference. And does that help you when you're going for that little – now when you're trying to find that little bit extra and it makes the difference between, you know, shaving that one thou of a little bit of wasted metal on the chassis and people yeah. saying, yeah, no, I can see that's worth it, let's do it. Is that, yeah, yeah. that sort of where it changes? It does, yeah. We probably did that for the word go with this car, so we haven't got much left, more to do there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you can push those little things now and you know, plan for bigger changes now, knowing that you should be good out the gate so you can plan for some bigger things that you might not have planned for if, you, if you're just chasing your tail, which is nothing worse than going out the gate and the car's shit and you work all weekend to try and get it good. You, you go out the gate fast, you, your confidence grows, you make bigger changes to try things and you can go back and know that you're going to be still good. So, Do you also, with your two drivers, Baz, can you go on two different directions and do it that way? Have a look at this with Brody and that with, with Will and then come back and work out which one was better or what the compromise is? Are they close yeah. enough in style and everything else? Yeah, definitely. We... Um, <clears throat> We've done that a few times this year already and probably out the gate we did it from the first test at Winton. It was one direction and another direction and we quickly met at the same same plan and and now if um you know we'll we'll go out the truck and if they're not 
if Tom and George don't 100% agree that the direction they're both going to take is right, they'll take one direction each and then Brody and Will drive close enough to each other that we'll know straight away whether one direction's right or not and the other car could convert to that direction. So, which makes a big difference when you can go out, one car can focus on qualifying stuff, one can focus on race stuff. And, um, yeah, you just you just build quicker. So, Have you been able to do that in the past or has that only happened this year? Oh, a couple of tracks we've always been able to do it. Like Bathurst is a good example. We've always had a fast car there. So we've always been able to just nail now the bigger changes where you're trying to find, you know, a couple of tents, not just trying to find a balance. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a luxury thing to have and it, but it does make a huge difference. And I can see why triple eight and DJ in the, in the past years have just got stronger and stronger because they, um, I guess success built, uh, create success. And we've, um, had, you know, sporadic parts where we could, you know, Bathurst again was a good example. We could just keep building every year we went there and we got better and better there, but other tracks we'd go to and we didn't have a baseline and you just spend all practice just trying to get a baseline. So, um, yeah, it does make a big difference. Well, we won't keep you much longer because we've had you for a bit and uh, yeah. no matter how often Bruce has tried to get you to say something controversial and to bag <laughs> someone, you've uh, you've resisted all of his attempts. So, uh, um, closing comments, anything you want to add to that we haven't got into? I mean, um, it's just been a sensational year for you, hasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah I so don't far. think so. Yeah, it's, it's been good. I just The expectations... Um, up for us and we just want to keep kicking the goals for the sponsors and for the, for the team. I'd love to win both championships, but um, ultimately I want to, Brady or Will, whoever wins the championship, be 150 points out of Shane, so there's no pissing and moaning about their disqualification. <laughs> Close one question. What about, you've run these cars now for a couple of test days and three race meetings. What's your feeling on the cars as far as preparation and durability? What, what does Gen 3 mean from the point of view of, Stick pulling in and out of the garage in between every race meeting. Are they easy cars to work on, hard to manage? What have you found that you don't like? Yeah, they are complex in a couple of areas and probably need some simplification. But um, if you don't crash them, they're all right. But um, the engines have been really good. Like full credit to KRE. They've so far no one's had a problem. So um, yeah, they look like they're going to be what we needed, which was an engine that went a bit longer and it wasn't quite so expensive to buy and build. There's still a little bit going on with front wheel bearings aren't quite right, but you know, we're all working together to fix that though, which is a good thing. All the teams are being open and transparent about it because it's not is that performing. Had knock off or something? Or what? No, it's just, just more weird. the bearings are failing, particularly if you have a hit. So um, we're trying to get some upgraded bearings without redesigning the upright. Barry, you talk about the the bearings, and I think before the start of the year there was the wheel nut stuff going on. Is there a process that teams go through to? rectify problems and that is there an actual process or you just kind of start walking around pit paddock chatting to each other don't you read auto action <laughs> no there's a technical working group so there's a the technical guys from each team they're all involved and basically it, it's just a it starts with the relegation team and but if we come up with an idea like we did some fixes on the wheel nut we thought would work and then somebody else had a better idea or combine the ideas and all of a sudden the wheel nut's fixed so yeah it is a the paddock does get involved and we all take our um, our team hats off and put supercar hats on and try and make it better. And, and that is has been a big positive with Gen 3 that that has, has happened. It probably didn't happen from the start, but um, it's happening now and it's um, 
definitely a good thing because there's so many smart people in pit lane. You can't just listen to two people. You need to listen to the whole pit lane. Yeah, one of the interesting things for me was when um, Courtney crashed in uh, in Newcastle, and all of a sudden, people from the other other garages were actually allowed to come yeah, in there and yeah. uh, and offer some help or some guidance. Like in the past, yeah. you know, there'd be a shield up to stop yeah, you all. Yeah. So it was quite a different different feeling yeah. when that happened. Yeah, that's no, good. And and the feedback from that helped. Um, fix some things in the chassis that yeah. probably weren't quite right and um, hopefully the next time there's a crash like that it doesn't destroy the chassis and it just um, hurts a clip. Yeah, beautiful. Did you get involved with the with the fire investigation after the Grand Prix, Baz? Yeah, again, that was technical working group, so we're all in there um, and obviously team owners too because there was a fairly big mitigation, um, you know, make sure that we didn't <laughs> have another car catch fire on Saturday night. So, yeah, yeah we all collectively decided on or, you know, Talk to supercars and advise them what we thought uh, with a rolling start and um, trying to get the fumes further back down the car. So, yeah, been involved in all that. Beautiful. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. It's uh, really good to hear that you actually listened to us for a start. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the bonus, but uh, I didn't read the magazine. It's just the headlines prick me. I was the headlines. Yeah. <laughs> what are these guys talking about? <laughs> no, listen, the podcast was, it was not that bad. No, it took you to the end, but you finally dropped an F-bomb, Baz. <laughs> no, 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 there was one about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, well, and, and a... what did you think of our – you were obviously a fan of our latest cover too. Yeah, it's good. No, it's a good – we know we're succeeding when we're on the front of auto action. It always <laughs> has been for, what, 20, 30 years? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good Thank you All for right. coming in. Thanks, Baz. Yeah. It's been really good, mate. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks. See you later. Bye. Cool. All right, well, that's it. Uh, so Barry Ryan, what a great chat to have him come into us and uh, give us his thoughts and all those sort of things. Anyway, let's get on to some Formula One Miami. Um, I got up at 5.30 a.m. to watch this thing, and I reckon I knew what the result was at 5.40 a.m. Um, yeah, but you didn't get up. You just laid in bed and turned the TV on. Come on. No, no, I did actually get up. I um, got up. It was bloody cold in Melbourne. It's bloody cold everywhere at the moment. I got the little blanket out. The dog sat on me to keep me warm. I had my cup of tea like Peter Brock, and I thought, I wasted my time. And then you fell asleep, same as me, didn't you? No, I got through it all, um, but uh, I did go to the desk and um, start working on it. But uh, it's a real problem. Sorry. Well, it's not a problem. The, the The problem is the Red Bull's too good. Yeah. Now, yeah. they don't – Formula One is excellent. It's not a technical parity thing. They're not going to slow that Red Bull down. They're going to make the rest of them go. How did Ferrari manage to unzip, drop it on the floor and step on it? that many times. You know, Fernando Alonso nearly as old as Bruce and me, and he's best of the rest. <laughs> yeah, it's um, – but the reality is that, you know, Charles kept spearing off because he's got to drive the car on the absolute edge and beyond to, to try and pull a lap time out of the car, and the Red Bulls have just got it in reserve. They don't need to go that quick. But I think I was like you guys. I, uh, sit, I, I got up, watched the race – as soon as I saw that uh, that Perez had the medium tyre on and that um, they'd put uh, hard tyres on the Dutch, then it was all over as far as I was concerned because they'd lulled um, Sergio into a false sense of security and uh, Max was just going to cruise around. And, of course, their argument on the Perez side of the garage was they chose medium so that to, to guarantee that Sergio got a good launch off the start and didn't get stuck behind Fernando, which is a ridiculous thing anyway, because he would have motored past him. Yeah, he would have blown past him like like Shane Van Gisman getting waved past by one of the supercars guys with the blinker on. Oh, away you go. 
But what about the, the interesting thing, the one interesting thing for me at the front was Fernando said before the race started, did you see the interview? And they said, how many laps? 25. Yeah, 25. And what was it, Andrew? You're our stats man. It was about 18, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't too far off. It was pretty good, I guess, on his part. I, I was looking at the data because you do want all of the data. I can't believe McLaren's fifth in the championship. Well, they did score a big bag of points in uh, in, McLe- in uh, Melbourne. It's oh, that simple. Unbelievable. And that's the thing with, with Formula One. I mean, there's there's four or five really good teams and, you know, they score the – there's only score down to 10th. So unless yeah. you stumble into 10th place and McLaren managed to get two cars in the top 10 in Melbourne. Yeah. But um, the thing about McLaren, you know, they showed a little bit of a glimmer and we thought maybe after uh, – <laughs> And after they, um, Bahrain, sorry, after uh, Azerbaijan, they were looking the goods, but no, they're, they're rubbish. They shook their real hands at uh, Miami. So the question then becomes, has uh, Mark Webber pulled the right rein in getting Oscar to go to McLaren? Because uh, I, I seem to watch those uh, those Alpines run around in team formation pretty pretty tidy on the weekend. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. That's, that's past tense. I'd have a bit more faith McLaren can eventually get there than Alpine, but um, that's just me. Look, at the end of the, when you look at the race, um, Oscar got a fantastic start. He was yeah. 14th, and he yeah. spent a long time behind uh, Lewis Hamilton. Yep. Um, he had Lewis pace, just cruised along. Obviously, he was on soft tyres, um, but it all fell apart when they came in and pitted. He, he, he got a long brake pedal, which is apparently a failure some sort of failure in the electronic braking system. So he was... Yeah, they, but they said it was their all for the whole race. So, I mean, he did a fantastic job. And until the brake problem, he was ahead of Lando. Yeah, yeah. did well. Lando did get speared off in the first corner, though, yep. um, Paul. So, as we saw, we had a, a Verstappen, Perez, Alonso podium, which we've had before. Fourth time, The fourth time out of five races. Uh, third time out of five races. So, um, remember, they nobbled Sergio at um, Australia, so he couldn't get on the, on the podium. But... Um, yeah, oh, so, yeah, so anyway, five wins to to Red Bull this season, nine out nine podiums, so only once have they missed. Very dominant, very dominant display there. And, um, yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm finding it a bit hard to watch. NASCAR. Jesus, NASCAR's better. Now, NASCAR, how good was that? We were going to see a fight in pit lane when and, and that punch. When, when Ross Chastain threw that punch, you could hear it hit the bloke. It was cracking, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't very nice, actually. I mean, he did, <laughs> I, I, in fact, it was a bit of a sucker punch because he was standing behind one of the officials when he threw the arm out and smacked him and then ducked. Yeah. No, 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 not good. I mean, <laughs> good to be though. A bit of push and shove is okay and a bit of yeah. arm wrestling and a bit of a head rub, but he actually, he's probably lucky he didn't connect on the guy's jaw. He would have broken his jaw for sure. It was a, it was a big whack. But, um, Poor old uh, Mr. Chastain might have to be careful the next time he's looking to score a solid finish and he comes past that bloke. <laughs> it's a good thing he's not in Victoria because he'd been he would have been woke by now. He'd been a bit would have been rubbed out. Oh, you can't do that. It's like like booing at the AFL. <laughs> Best I heard was the bloke who said that. Oh, I'm not going to boo anymore. I'm going to ooh <laughs> ooh. <laughs> but it brings back the discussion that we had probably last time around last week as well. We were saying. Like, why can't the drivers just be able to sort their problems out on the thing? Like, yeah, you know, do we need officials to come in and say you can't do that, you can't do this? These guys will sort it out, won't they? So, as you say, the next time Chastain's trying to pass Gregson, it ain't going to be easy, is it? Well, not if he's in a position to put him into the concrete. No, hmm. no. So, but look, NASCAR's got a does have a history. Those guys are very um, feisty. Very, yeah. <laughs> it's a very intense. They race a lot. It's big. They they make a lot of money out of those races. And uh, at the end of the day. 
he was obviously annoyed enough to think that he should um, retaliate. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, these days here, if somebody – it was probably lucky for supercars that Brody was so in, was so polite when um, after that last race at, at Wanneroo when um, SVG finally got past him because um, it was quite interesting. I don't think SVG would normally run over and pat no. somebody on the back. He was really looking for confirmation that all was okay. <laughs> You know who told me about that, Bruce? The great, late, great, our mate Peter Brock told me two things. He said, one, if there's a yellow flag, put your hand up and change up a gear, but don't slow down because <laughs> the car is quieter. And he said, and if you if you hit somebody, straight over in Park Fermo, rush over and apologise because then they got nowhere to go. Well, <laughs> gentleman Jim Richards didn't get his didn't get the moniker for being polite on the racetrack. He was always so, so <laughs> polite and pleasant when he would come and, Shake your hand and say, oh, tr- sorry about that, old mate. <laughs> While he was holding the trophy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, cool. So, Kansas, Denny Hamlin won. So, he's now in the running for the uh, for the title. So, there's now nine yeah. guys there. Uh, and Ross Chastain actually leads the points, but he hasn't won a race yet. So, he's um, not confirmed as the playoff spot. So, But there's only 126 races to go. Yeah, it's like watching the basketball, isn't it? Have an 82 game. <laughs> All basketball matches should start with two minutes on the clock at 100 each. <laughs> that made the rest of it. And that race was good because um, Hamlin hunted Larson down over the last few laps. And uh, in fact, I think he gave him a little bit of a rub and put him and put him up into the into the wall yep. gently to uh, get past him. But you know, if fortunately it's not here in Australia, otherwise he would have been disqualified for the next uh, twenty seven races. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Anyway, we're in the month of May, guys. So um, Indianapolis starts this weekend. So the IndyCar Grand Prix. The IndyCar Grand Prix. Um, we'll see how Scotty McLaughlin can go there. And uh, in the lead up to the 500, of course, NASCAR's at Darlington um, and every other major class in the world is having a day off. And when Chicago, because you always got to get a plug in for Chicago. Uh, Chicago, uh, it's about eight weeks away now, six, seven weeks away. So, uh, um, I've had some positive feedback about the oh. uh, Gold Star story with... Um, with Cricky, yep. a lot of positive feedback about that. That's causing some corruptions amongst the uh, supercar fraternity who don't want uh, Susan. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, I did get another phone call this week. <laughs> From who? From which, who? Which one? You're getting you get regular no, phone no, calls No, no, this is a moment. regular phone call. This is my regular counselling session. <laughs> and I've been told to speak to both you and Paul to make sure that, you know, in future we need to be we, – we need to – we need to reach out and make sure we get both sides of the story. We didn't get the story wrong. We got the story 100% correct. We just didn't get the reason. Well, does RD not understand that you get two stories by doing it our way? <laughs> Joe Bloggs throws mud. Mud splattered Billy Brown fires back at Joe Bloggs. Tell you work for the Herald Sun, can't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, tabloid newspapers have a lot to answer for, but they but they know how to get things fired up, let me tell you. I, I, did, I, I do have to admit, RD did call me very early on Thursday morning, the day we came out with the latest <laughs> issue, and um, I have to admit that I I did I did avoid talking to him for a few days, but he was, he was his – I have to say, every time I think that I'm going to cop a spray, we have a really grown-up conversation and – you know, as as Baz said, he he's very persuasive. He's got a very he's very methodical in his arguments, and um, we've we've had some really good chats. I just wish he could go on the record, but because I'm so, we should try and maybe get him on the podcast because that other mob don't have a podcast. Yeah, so maybe he could go. Well, let's have a crack. We'll have a crack. But he's off to Thailand this weekend because there's a GT race over there. 
Cool. Excellent. Well, thanks, Paul. It's been great having you online again from what I hear is the uh, coldest day in Queensland history. It was icy here today. It was eight overnight. Dreadful. (laughs) And Bruce, thanks for your time again and uh, and, uh, obviously for uh, that great story on Greg Crick and auto action. uh... We keep banging them out there. We uh, may have missed today's... um... Uh, story about the reveal of a reveal that we made that the other members of the aligned media all got from um, Triple Eight. We didn't get that for whatever reason, but it'll it, be revealed later that it's not much more of a reveal than we've already revealed previously. Yes. So anyway. sometimes they don't cope when we don't like things that they want. Anyway. anyway, anyway, thanks, Bruce. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll uh, be back next week. Each week, find out what the men behind the V8 News know and what the drivers and teams are going to do next. It's interviews and opinions on Inside Supercars. My predecessor, Roland Dane, did a very, very good job. We're no longer shareholders of the build business. Personally, I think a 500 in the build-up to the 1,000 is, is a good thing. Tune in for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.